Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get a wake up. Coast, the eye opener. Hey! Can I get smoke, please? You got the last one. Excuse me. I'll be right back. Okay. Only two spots. And welcome in, everybody, to this week's Future Brew podcast, Michigan football and basketball recruiting here on maizebrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and joining me, as always, from Metro Detroit, Michigan, Stephen Asantoski. How you doing, sir? It sounded like you were about to do the, like, 03 Pistons intro. It's like, <laughs> from Metro Detroit. Oh man, I, I, I should have, uh, prepared a little bit more for the introduction. Otherwise that, that would have been pretty epic had that uh, went that way, but, uh, it's one of those things where it's really, really tough to replicate, right? There's a reason why it was special because that delivery is pretty iconic. So I'm actually glad for the viewers or the listeners sake, I should say that you didn't attempt it because no offense, but I'm not that guy and you're not that guy. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably be watching YouTube videos to watch that intro again tonight. Cause that's just yeah. a fun thing to do, but I'm doing okay. Back from Chicago, uh, visited out of town, back to my old digs in Chicago. So had a bunch of friends there for a wedding. Um, not my wedding, just visiting a wedding of a friend and, uh, it was a good time. First wedding since the world shut down and, uh, still felt a little weird. Um, but, uh, it was a good time. Good to see people. And uh, 
now back in the thick of work and responsibility and not drinking, you know, like a good wedding. There was plenty of alcohol going around. So that was fun. Open bar, eh? Yep. Yep. Can't beat it. So yeah. So I'm back working and you know, it's good to get back in the swing of things, but I'm still, uh, still adjusting. Yeah. It's always an adjustment period. I've had a couple weddings since, uh, since the world shut down and I've, I've got another one here in a couple weeks. So uh, it, it's not a real wedding unless there's an open bar. That's my opinion. So give me an open bar, give me the dance floor and I'm pretty much good to go uh, when it comes to weddings, but uh, glad you had fun. Glad you got to go back to Chicago, a great city, city that I've visited a couple times and uh, always a good time uh, down in the windy city there, but bring it back here. Uh, to Michigan recruiting. We've got football and basketball to cover today. We're going to start with basketball, which uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to start with basketball because it doesn't happen often. But this past week, Michigan basketball fans got the news that they have been waiting a very long time for. And that was when 2022 four-star wing Jet Howard committed to his dad, Jawan, and the Michigan basketball program. He is six foot seven, 220 pounds, chose Michigan over other offers uh, like Tennessee, Florida, LSU, Georgetown had a handful of others, but really just came down to Michigan and Tennessee, the volunteers being the other program that he was really interested in at the end of the day. Uh, Jet plays high school ball down at IMG Academy. You may have heard of that place down in the great state of Florida. And uh, like I said, despite being the son of Jawan, Michigan head basketball coach, this was never really a lock from the start. He wanted to have a normal recruitment, a normal recruiting process. And because of that, Tennessee really pushed hard for him. I want to say he got out on a visit at some point, but Uh, At the end of the day, the Wolverines won that recruiting battle that kind of was a little bit longer than anticipated for some. Uh, So now that he is in the fold, Michigan now owns the number four overall class in the uh, 2022 cycle, just behind Duke, Arkansas, and those damn Buckeyes of Ohio State. They're at number three. So Howard ranking wise is number 37 overall on the composite number 11, small forward and number 12 player in the state of Florida. Steven, I'll pass it to you, man. This, like I said, this recruitment took a little longer than probably a lot of people thought it would, but at the end of the day, it's a huge pickup for Michigan. They've got four members of this 22 class now. So I just want to ask you just how important you think this pickup is, and it's kind of been a shoe in uh, really even before the 22 cycle really started kind of, kind of a shoe in right when Jawan kind of took the Michigan head coaching job uh, in my opinion, at that along with Jace, who is currently uh, on the team, a sophomore this upcoming season. So just wanted to get your take on the importance of jet making it official and how early do you think that he can see the starting floor uh, in the lineup? Because I, I think it could be uh, as early as his true freshman season. He's really, really talented, a very good shooter, um, obviously has some work to do defensively. But overall, from what I've seen, a uh, really good prospect coming in here. Yeah, it, it 
did take a little bit longer. You know, you got to give a guy credit for being the son of a major head coach like Juwan Howard, still giving the process um, a good look and, and going through it how any other player would. Um, I do find it a little interesting. He was saying he was like down to the wire about to go to Tennessee. I wonder if that's actually true. It doesn't really have any reason to lie about that. So, um, you know, I think he probably did form some really solid relationships with that program. And um, to me, it probably was like, you know, I, I can't always go to Michigan. There's going to be a lot to benefit that. So that's almost like a default and then have other programs kind of come in and like try to prove why it might be a better situation here than everything that Michigan has to offer. And that's probably if I were in his position, how we approach that. Now I can't give you, you know, the actual thought process of a jet Howard in that scenario, but um, great for Michigan to get a handle on that because uh, again, not only is he, um, does he have the pedigree of being in the Howard family, but he's also a top 40 overall national recruit on the composite. So um, in the scope of like the 2022 class, he definitely fills a, a great need there. You have Doug McDaniel, the uh, 5'11 point guard, and then you have Reed and Glenn as your big men of the class. So there really wasn't any shooting guard or forward, uh, smaller forward type guys in that class. So he fills a great need there. And the thing you'll keep reading about his evaluations is his versatility. He um, shoots the ball really well off ball situation. He can in a pinch play point guard. And that's pretty impressive given his six, seven frame. Um, but he's not really a guy that you necessarily see any weaknesses with. And he brings such a high floor. I think that's where his national ranking comes from. He can shoot, he can handle well enough. He can pass really well. Um, as a uh, point man in the offense, if needed, um, you know, he has decent size and he can shoot. So uh, when you add all of those skills up, you can do all of that at a high level. And there may not be like the, the flashiness of a top guy, but he's going to do so many things well for your team that it's, uh, you know, you're, you're able to put him at the two and three spot really comfortably. If you want to go super small ball four, he could probably do that. And like I said, you could even throw him in the point guard or have him run the offense um, kind of as like a jumbo uh, Eli Brooks right now and uh, and kind of throw him into that role as well. So in terms of when I think he could potentially play, you still don't really see a guy of his size outside of like an Isaiah Barnes of the uh, 2021 class. So, um, you know, beyond that, heading back like, to the current roster beyond just like the current true freshman. Um, you know, you have Jace Howard, the only real small forward kind of guy that you have in that role. Um, I, you know, you expect Terrence Williams to kind of fill in the four spot in the coming years. So you really don't have all that many bodies to compete with him at this point. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting case of when will he, um, fill in. And I, I think you're right. I think you can rotate him just based on his versatility as early as his true freshman year. At the very least, it would be his second year. You know, maybe Michigan hits the portal for a, a wing uh, to fill in the slots there. Maybe they go for another 2022 guy. I'm sure they probably will um, in, the sim in a similar position to kind of uh, fill that gap there. But in terms of like positional future I think he's in a really good spot to contribute early compared to you know I think someone like 
Terrace Reed or, or Glenn, you could see them probably waiting in the wings a little bit, depending on what happens to the 2021 class. But I don't see that for Jace Howard, or I'm sorry, for Jet Howard. I think he has the uh, um, the capability to give his brother a run for his money on uh, on who's going to be the the Howard Howard guy to uh, contribute early on in, in their career. So, you know, both, both great players. I'm glad that they're able to play on the same team. I think that's really cool, like an underrated aspect of this as well. You're able to have both – both Jace and Jet Howard on the same team with their father coaching them. That's a pretty, pretty special experience. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's awesome that he's able to coach his two sons at his alma mater and will someday be their alma mater. Uh, really cool for Juwan Howard to be able to do that. I, I think it's also fair to say that Jace for as you know, low of a ranked recruit as he was still got some playing time last year, but he knew his role and he knows going forward, his role. He, he is like the hype man of the bench. So if that's what jet has to do his first year, uh, if, if Isaiah Barnes, for example, uh, takes a giant leap forward from his freshman to sophomore year, because at this point, I don't assume that he's a one and done player by any means. I think he'll stick around for quite a while. Uh, actually. So if, if Barnes, for whatever reason, takes a huge step from freshman to sophomore year and Jet has to be in that Jace Howard role, his freshman season where he's kind of on the bench, hyping people up, uh, given some <laughs> some gift worthy moments on the bench, uh, so be it. And I think that Jet would have that same attitude that Jace had uh, this previous season uh, with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, but regardless, I, I by no means do I really think that's going to happen. I think if anything, it'll be a, a really good competition uh, his freshman season with uh, Barnes uh, as far as who's going to be that starting small forward, because I assume that Caleb Houston will probably have that this season will probably be a one and done with how talented he is and the reports coming out of the camp that is ongoing right now. That's what all signs point toward right now at the very least. So I know it's a lot of speculation looking really, really far ahead. So I don't want to get too much into it, but I think at this point, that's kind of just where my thought process is at with all of that. Now, as far as the 22 class itself, uh, you got four guys, you mentioned all four of them uh, as you were speaking there. I think they probably are saving room for potentially one more guy. And I think that's Yawan Treor. We've talked about him ever since he was offered by the Wolverines earlier this year, five-star big man, uh, kind of uh, one of those guys that blew up uh, over the summer with his performance uh, on the circuit. He's number 10 on the composite now, the number three center. He's 6'10", 225. So he and Terrace Reed, they've met, they've talked. Uh, they actually visited Ann Arbor at the same time last month. So I would imagine that Jawan Howard has that plan in place uh, for if Trey or ends up committing to Michigan. So they've certainly left the door open for him to commit if he so chooses. Now, it doesn't sound like that is going to be anytime soon. It, it sounds like he is going to take this process very, very slowly, like he has ever since he blew up over the summer. And rightfully so, because he's really garnered a lot of attention. Uh, ever since he blew up in the summer circuit. He's got um, the Michigan offer, and he has a top 10 list out right now. Now, the, the top 10 uh, is very much Walter Nolan-esque in the sense that it's not really a solidified top 10. He's 
very open to other schools. He has officially visited uh, Kansas, for example, and Kansas is not on his top 10 list. Now, he's also visited uh, Texas Tech. He's also visited Memphis. And those are schools that usually do very well on the recruiting trail. So this is going to be a very fluid situation, Stephen, uh, over the coming months. Doesn't sound like he's really going to sign on the dotted line early, uh, but certainly Michigan is going to leave the door open for Treyor if he wants to come to Ann Arbor. And I'll give you uh, the last word on this before we move on to football. Yeah, Treyor's the guy you always leave a spot open for. And it's a low, um, I'm trying to say here, it's, it's a low risk spot as well because he's he's going to be a one and done. He's the type of guy where it's just like, yep, you take him, you'll find you'll find a spot for him. And it's not like you're taking a guy who will be around for three or four years that could potentially take a future recruit spot, you know? So um, it, it that's a funny difference between like, football and basketball where you consider the impact of taking a recruitment obviously it's huge if you can get a guy like Johan Treor for a single year but um, ahead of time it's big to get those guys that are going to be probably more program focused for coming years you know a guy like Kobe Bufkin Frankie Collins those guys who are likely going to stick around for a while and kind of form that um, form that sort of culture uh, for your program so yeah I think we with Treyor, Michigan was lucky enough to get him on, on campus for a visit, build that relationship with um, with Juwan Howard. And it just comes down to priorities, right? What's the guy's priority? Um, I know he has a crystal ball since the last time we talked about him to Memphis. Uh, So that's something to overcome Memphis somehow, um, you know, I'm doing air quotes somehow getting a bunch of top recruits now. So again, it it just comes down to what are these guys, prioritizing and I think you know Michigan with Juwan Howard and his his uh ability to show what he's done with other big men uh, continuing to recruit well that position um hard not to see a uh a valuable spot for Treyor valuable destination to him but again comes down to you show the red carpet do what you can leave a spot open and uh you know move on to the next guy if it doesn't work out somehow as in nil right steven i think that's what you're insinuating sure sure we'll (laughs) go with that (laughs) i will say no more we will move on uh jim harbaugh and his program also received a commitment this past week and this happened uh just yesterday actually uh as of this recording recording on tuesday happened on monday 2022 three-star safety damani dent made his commitment to the wolverines Finally official, the uh, six foot, 180 pounder is from Jacksonville, Florida, was offered by Michigan earlier this summer, um, also offered by Pitt and Oregon uh, earlier this summer, which made him reopen his recruitment. He was originally committed to Akron and then uh, oh so conveniently made a top three of those three schools that I just mentioned that were giving him all that attention, Michigan, Oregon and Pitt. Um, all good programs this season too. all having very successful seasons, um, officially visited Michigan for the Washington game, which was an absolutely perfect weekend to visit for considering the other recruits on hand, the maze out, the big win, pretty much everything, uh, as a junior in 2020 dent made 58 tackles and had three interceptions 
to his name and also played on offense for Terry Parker High School in Jacksonville. Had a couple touchdowns receiving along with 327 receiving yards. And on the composite, he is ranked uh, outside the top 1,000. I want to say he's in like the 1,400s or something like that, but has already received a uh, rankings bump from 24-7 sports, their own rankings. He was uh, bumped from an 84 to an 86, which is kind of like a middle of the pack three-star. So there's obviously some potential for him to continue to rise. And I think there's going to be a rankings update, I think tomorrow, which is going to be the day that this is obviously posted. So we'll see if that changes uh, from uh, from now until then. But Stephen, uh, we talked about Damani Dent of bit, uh, I think a week or two ago, just a little bit, Um, but refresh us on what made him such a high priority for Michigan this summer. And what does he do well at? What does he need to work on? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think the main reason Michigan was recruiting him so hard is because he fits the role of safety and cornerback extremely well. And it's funny because I remember we were talking about his comfortability being in a cornerback role. I was really excited at his size, being able to uh, flip his hips as well as he could. You combine that with physicality, you know, put a six foot frame, a guy who can play uh, that nickel corner position and has uh, his hitting was one of his highlights that jumped out at the film. And then you add the offensive skill set. So, you know, high pointing a ball, being able to track the ball through the air, having those offensive skill sets, you add all of that together. And that's a uh, Dax Hill level player. And sure, he may not be like a five star level talent in uh, the way that Dax Hill is, but in terms of his skill set and what he brings right away, that floor of his skill set is. Um, the combination you need in a nickel corner. And from everyone watching this season for Michigan football, you know how important um, a a guy like Dax Hill is on this team. Michigan just can't do as much without a guy like that on the field. So I think that's why, and there was an article, I believe, from Steve Lorenz, who said that they held off, Michigan held off on, Um, some higher level guy, at least one higher level guy from visiting because of how they prioritize Dent. And um, and, and Dent himself said to uh, Bryce Marich over uh, at 24-7 that um, he was being recruited as a Daxton Hill type of person. So I feel like we said that a couple of weeks ago, and it's great to just see that that skill set that we saw on film uh, really does fit that exact role that they're recruiting him to be. So Um, It it adds one more element where even if when Michigan gets him to campus and um, say, you know, he can't do both things really well, it's likely he's going to be able to do one of those things well. I saw like the physicality, the ability to high point the ball in the air on as a wide receiver that will translate really well to the safety role. Um, I also saw the hips of a cornerback that I think he could at six foot be a really intriguing prospect there. So by having both of those skill sets, it gives you a lot more options than, um, say, just recruiting a safety that you want to fit into that role or, uh, you know, similarly, a cornerback that you hope can have some safety skills. Um, so I think that's why, regardless of like how high his ceiling is, his floor is already extremely high, way higher than I would expect his rankings to be. And it's one of those positions now where, um, 
you know, we can bring up COVID and I think that is a valid reason of why he's lower ranked, but kind of similar to when it was early on the Viper position for a guy like Kalik Hudson, who I think was around 700th overall in the country. It's like, yeah, this guy just doesn't really project to one position really well um, when he goes to the NFL, but for Michigan, you see that position, Michigan going the position like they showed the viper position under down brown and and how peppers and hudson filled that role and i think they're doing that with kind of this daxton hill role in this new defense on where they see uh dent um much more valuable than the ranking services have him because of that so it's great to see again a, a team like oregon on his list that was pursuing pretty hard and um you know it's one of those things where you watch the film and you can you can see a lot of those aspects that fit this defense really well and i'm not someone who says that stars don't matter i think they absolutely do but fit within a defense fit within a scheme and the floor in which when they're on when they're there day one what do you have to teach the guy to be able to fill in that role i don't see a whole lot uh that's needed from damani dent in that regard so I think that's kind of like what you get. You just get a super high floor at a position that can be hard to fill on um, just a well-rounded skill set in that nickel corner and what it requires of a player. And um, I would expect him, you mentioned he got a, a ratings bump. I don't really see it on, on 24-7. Actually, I, like number 52 safety overall. So I honestly, I, I'm going to put it on my to-do list to go through kind of the like top 30 or so safeties and try to find one that kind of fits that skill set. And I don't know how many there'll be, but I, I doubt it'll be um, within, you know, anyone outside of the top 500. So I think I, I view him more as a higher three-star at this point, and I'll be interested to see where he slots in there. I'd expect him to be closer to around like, you know, 500 range, or if not, maybe sniffing the, the mid 400s. Yeah, I, th- I think he's he should be uh, a higher three star at, at this point. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you just because, you know, and you bring up a good point that COVID is a good reason as far as the why a guy like Damani Dent and some of these other prospects, quite honestly, that are committed to Michigan, why they're so lowly ranked Deuce Spurlock, for example, at 995 and Aaron Alexander, another linebacker that they evaluated over the summer that is uh uh, barely a three-star at this point, uh, but but uh, a guy that they offered and a guy that they wanted to take, and and they've obviously stuck with that uh, with that take up to this point. So it, it's going to be really interesting down the road, looking back on this 2022 class and seeing just how well these guys did that really blew up um, their senior seasons and were very low ranked. And we'll talk about a guy on uh, the, the flip side of the break that uh, fits that role to a T. Uh, he, he might uh, end up being a uh, highly ranked prospect by the end of the day. But uh, yeah, a, a guy like Damani Dent, he's he's very versatile. Like you mentioned, he's able to play that Dax Hill role perfectly. I, you know, just looking at him and uh, his measurables and uh, just how athletic he is. I mean, they're going to need that moving forward in that scheme that Mike McDonald brought over from the Baltimore Ravens and a, a guy like Dax Hill, what he's doing, uh, he's, absolutely perfect for what he's doing 
And I think that Damani Dent could fill that role uh, quite well. Uh, give it a year or two, give it some time. He's not going to be a, a, a true freshman starter, I, I don't think, but he certainly has the skill set uh, to eventually do that. Now, when it comes to defensive backs in general, in this class, they've now got four committed in 22. They've got Will Johnson, the five-star cornerback. They got Cody Jones, a, a four-star corner, and Miles Pollard, who is a three-star cornerback. But they're still going after a... Uh, a pretty good amount of defensive backs. Obviously, the one that sticks out like a sore thumb, five-star USC commit, Damani Jackson. They're going to be going after him until the bell is rung, pretty much, and they still are going after a handful of other guys. Four-star corner, Austin Osbury from uh, Louisiana is, is a guy that uh, they're going after pretty hard. Four-star uh, Clemson safety commit, Keon Sab is a guy that they continue to recruit even though he's been committed to Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers uh, for months now. And uh, three-star safety, Zeke Barry, who just reopened his recruitment, uh, was committed to Arizona. They're obviously recruiting him as well. So there's still a lot of, I mean, kind of like what we were just talking about with Michigan basketball. There's, there's a window that is still left open for some of these guys. Obviously, Damani Jackson is a guy that you save room for no matter what. I personally think Austin Osbury is a really important recruit, um, kind of an under the rated or under the radar, excuse me, uh, important recruit. Uh, he has a, a five star, a little brother in the 23 class who uh, is also on the defensive side of the ball. You could plug him in at a couple different spots, but he he is going to be a, uh, a very, very important target in that 23 class. So there, there's still a little little work to do here. Um, for the Wolverine coaching staff, I, I think that uh, they, they've really prioritized defense, uh, this this new new staff. And, and Jim Harbaugh really has prioritized defense recruiting in, in this 22 class. It was so offensive heavy in 21. And with the way that things are looking for 23, it's probably going to be uh, a lot of defensive recruits as well. So I'll give you the final word on just the, the defensive back situation in general, Stephen, and uh, we'll move on to our uh, next topic here. Yeah, I just think you can't underrate the athletic power of a cornerback or safety that has the skill set of like a Dax Hill. They just they can take away an entire half of the field um, when they have that level of athleticism. And Michigan has, you know, this is kind of the second year now where you look at the corners and I think there's um, just a little bit left to be desired there. Um, and I, I think obviously Michigan prioritized Will Johnson. You mentioned Demi Jackson will remain a top target. Uh, I think you need to obviously shoot for the shoot for the stars when it comes to safety as well, because um, like you said, it, it's it's a point of emphasis this recruiting class, especially. Um, I do like guys on the roster with Makari Page. I think you have. Um, you know, Rod Moore has shown some early returns. So I don't, I don't think safety is as dire now that you finally have a, a safety on the 2022 class um, with Damani Dent. I would still like to probably get one more and then still push for uh, both Damani Jackson. And um, you mentioned a guy like Keon Sab, just push for those guys. Because again, um, you don't say no uh, when you have a guy like that, who's willing to come to your program. So uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's 
one area where I think next year you're going to see the most new faces, obviously losing both safeties. Um, I mean, you are having RJ Moten play a lot this year, but when you lose a Brad Hawkins, you lose um, Dax Hill, uh, you're, you're going to have some growing pains there uh, just in general. And then Will Johnson is going to be a new face. I'd be surprised if you didn't see him featured heavily next year. And, um, you know, if Michigan can, can pull together another uh, freshman stud cornerback, I bet there'd be a chance that they could start together. I just think that's a position where uh, you inject athleticism as quickly as you can, and especially at cornerback, uh, you, you get them out there and, um, you know, athleticism covers up a lot of gaps there. So, so yeah, I think, I think that's a position that you'll continue to see them prioritizing the most down the stretch, kind of how I think in the 2021 class you saw for defensive tackles where Michigan just continued to push really, really hard and closed late. I hope Michigan can have a similar finish on the defensive side, um, or I should say the defensive back side, um, defensive backside there's your your quote of the podcast i'm gonna start go, talking man. there <laughs> <laughs> hey man i mean i i get what you're saying though i i do agree though i think there could be some parallels to that 21 defensive tackle recruiting at the end uh with with defensive backs in this 22 class because there are a lot of guys that they like and that are still available um you know we 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 have been looking at uh, Domani Jackson square in the face for a really long time now, even though he's been committed to USC, but um, obviously that one's going to be very, very fluid with how the USC head coaching situation goes. Austin Osbury is kind of a, um, Oh, what do you want to call it? A, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath for him is what I'm trying to say. Keon Sab, I mean, he's been co- committed to Clemson for a while, but it, yeah, I, I agree with you. You got to shoot for the stars and just go for it. And if you end up evaluating a guy a little later down the road, uh, like they did with Ikawana last year, D-tackle, if there's a safety or a corner that they end up doing that with and they really like him, then so be it. Um, if that's the way that they're going to, finish the class, then that's the way they're going to finish the class. But uh, as of right now, they got four DBs committed to the class and four DBs that I I think are uh, really good. I I think they all have a chance to be very good uh, in the defensive backfield at the end of the day. But uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to uh, continue talking about defense. We're going to talk about a new target in the 22 class uh, on the flip side of the break. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M.
And welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around. We are going to uh, wrap up the podcast today discussing a brand new target at uh, the linebacker position in this 22 class. Didn't really think that uh, they would really go after another linebacker. They've already got a couple committed, but here we are, and we're going to rap about it right now. His name is Jimmy Rolder. He is a linebacker from Chicago, and his recruitment has absolutely blown up over the last week. So maybe that's partially why Michigan is uh, really pushing for another linebacker in this class. Uh, Over the last week or so, he's received offers from Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, uh, Cincinnati, TCU, Purdue, and the latest offer that came just within the last couple days was from Ohio State. So uh, he is absolutely blown up uh, in the Midwest at the very least. And then you got the one offer down in Texas from TCU. So he's listed at 6'2", 220 pounds. Uh, he is unranked on the composite, but is an 88 on a 24-7's own personal rankings, which is uh, a higher three-star prospect. Once you get closer to like 89, that's like low four-star, high three-star range. So um, again, we'll see if that changes with uh, this rankings update that is set to come on Wednesday. But as of right now, unranked on the composite, but is 88 overall, um, or 88 uh, three-star, I should say, uh, on their own personal ranking. So Steven, he put out a mid-season highlight tape Uh, put it on a huddle. And uh, that's kind of how things started with his recruitment blowing up. Got Michigan, got Ohio State, uh, Iowa. They've had some good linebackers over the years. Cincinnati uh, being the number two team in the country as of today. So that's really how things started was with his first uh, six or seven weeks of a senior season film. Put that online and everybody just started hitting him up. So what do you see out of this kid for him to just now be offered by all these programs? What stands out to you? Yeah, it's really odd to have a guy just kind of blow up like this, um, this quickly. I mean, in nine days to, to get Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Purdue, Cincy, Iowa, and OSU, that's a hell of a nine days. Um, so it, it's, it's an area where, it's really hard to understand how he flew under the radar. Um, he's got to be like one of the fastest risers I've seen. Um, he's a hitter, like first and foremost, he's a guy who uh, really good length at six, two, he's got some pretty long arms. It looked, um, I wasn't really sold on his coverage ability. Again, I don't think there was a whole lot in his film on that, but uh, he did remind me quite a bit of Josh Ross when he was flying down to fill a hole or on a blitz. Um, he does like one little kind of like jump shuffle and then he's just shot out of a rocket. So uh, when you have that size at 6'2", 220, um, looks like he had pretty good instinct. I was actually most impressed with his lateral ability. There was one play he was uh, shooting the B gap. Um, play was going backside. He did like two or three shuffles to shift to the uh, backside B gap and then exploded and make the, the tackle at the line of scrimmage. So that was something where like he had the speed um, to get close to the line of scrimmage, the awareness to uh, go into a shuffle from his um, downhill run and then finish the play at the line of scrimmage. So um, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to play inside linebacker just from what I saw overall. Um, 
he looks exactly like an Iowa linebacker, like a Wisconsin linebacker, which is a really good thing. And that's, you know, as soon as I see that uh, Iowa offer come in, I'm like, yep, that makes sense. And then when you see a OSU offer, you're like, all right, he's like, you know, this is a high four star level type guy. If they're throwing an offer in the ring here, um, that that's a pretty, pretty solid uh, offer to get. So, um, so yeah, I haven't read up a whole lot about like his kind of backstory and, and what took this, uh, what took this long for him to really blow up. And I think just within like the last 30 minutes, they actually did update his, uh, his ranking. He's now like an 89 on 24 seven sports. So they might've bumped him up another point. And then, um, his composite has him with, within the top 350 at 328 as a four star. So I don't know if that was the rivals coming in to get oh, that, man. Yeah, get that composite, that. but um, obviously rivals really likes him. If uh, he's up on 38th linebacker overall on, uh, uh, on the composite. So, so yeah, it, it's, I think it is a position where we were, you know, kind of looking at the 2022 class for Michigan. They um, really like Micah Pollard is the only like true linebacker listed in the class right now. Um, you do have a guy like Aaron Alexander, who's six one two oh five, who could possibly play that, right? It's like it depends how he bulks up. Um, and then, yeah, Cavante Henry is an edge player, so th- there's a need for for a linebacker at this point. Um, so, yeah, it, it. I think again, his his acceleration um, was impressive to me. His lateral movement stood out the most. Um, and just need to see more in pass coverage and stack and shed. I don't know how he is when he's taking on blockers. Again, he has a really good frame and good length, especially with the arms to do well with that. Um, but he's a hitter. He's violent. And um, if Michigan can put him in areas similar to Josh Ross, where you have him on a straight line towards the line of scrimmage, whoever he's hitting, it, they're not going to be falling forward. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's kind of what you get with, uh, with Jimmy Rolder here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. The rankings thing. I'm, I'm just seeing that too. Yeah. 328 overall to go from unranked on the composite to 328. That's, that's pretty remarkable. You don't see that come every, uh, every recruiting cycle, every, you don't see that every day. Uh, no doubt about that. So to be a, uh, low four star at this point, uh, for Michigan to hop on board for Ohio state, Iowa, all these schools, I mean, good evaluation by these guys uh, to quickly get in and offer that. Now I was uh, reading the uh, Illinois 24 seven website too, uh, because obviously Illinois was uh, really the first one to come in and offer him, um, which was pretty significant because uh, uh, his father uh, was a, uh, a four year, a starter along the offensive line at Illinois back in the eighties. So he has that connection uh, to the university of Illinois, but I mean, with all these other schools, Michigan, Ohio state, Purdue, uh, Iowa, and it sounds like Wisconsin is uh, interested in him as well. Um, And I, I, I'll be curious to see if Notre Dame ends up coming in uh, another Midwest powerhouse as well. But with all these schools offering him, uh, really seems like uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, those would be like the schools that he would mainly be interested in. And this uh, writer for the Illini Inquirer, uh, Jeremy Werner, uh, he opines that at the moment, uh, it seems that Michigan would be the biggest threat to Illinois 
uh, and he will be on campus this weekend for the Northwestern game. So there's heavy interest on both sides, it seems like. And, and Mike McDonald, uh, Michigan's D coordinator, was actually on the sidelines for uh, Rollers game this past weekend uh, during Michigan's bye week. So that was just a perfect time for Mike McDonald to swing down uh, to the state of Illinois and do that. So a lot going really well for Michigan in this recruitment at this point. Um, uh, real, <laughs> real quick riser in the rankings. I just can't get over that. That's just insane to me. But uh, a really good evaluation by all these schools uh, very late uh, in, in this process here. He just you know, just submitted his huddle video. And, and um, it seemed like a few weeks ago, he was having to email uh, football programs and, and, you know, give the, uh, the standardized uh, company email of greetings and salutations. Please watch my video, you know, kind of like me when I was uh, getting out of college, trying to find my first job. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but now he's got people coming to him. I mean, he is a high priority for all these schools and Michigan uh, is in need of another linebacker. Like you mentioned, I mean, Lander Barton um, from Utah, he's really the only other guy that they're going after. And not really a whole lot has come out since he uh, visited Michigan. And uh, excuse me, sounds like some of the West Coast powers are kind of leading that recruitment at the moment. So I don't know, man. I mean, I'll I'll leave you with the final word here. But if Michigan's able to come in and uh, get this quick evaluation and get him to commit, uh, at some point in the near future, that would be a incre- uh, just an incredible job uh, on the recruiting trail by uh, by Michigan, by Mike McDonald, by all those guys to get him to commit. But uh, I'll just flip it over to you for the final word on on this segment here. Yeah, I mean, Illinois really got to be kicking themselves, right? Because he is actually Rollers committed to them as a baseball prospect. At least that's my understanding. And since they've been talking to Rolder uh, since the summer, and only recently, they were only ahead of Minnesota by one day for the football offer to come in. So you're looking at Illinois. It's like, man, they just they they kind of dropped the ball with the evaluation there. Right. You have a guy who's interested in you as a baseball program, throw him a football scholarship, you know, and like <laughs> Illinois, there's nothing, you know, you, you didn't see that. So that's something where I think all these other teams, wherever he goes, um, benefits from that offer being late from Illinois. Uh, with that previous uh, relationship and previous contact already there. So uh, this, that might've been, um, you know, something that like too little too late if all the other programs stepped in with a later offer than uh, you know, but luckily Illinois uh, waited until seemingly the, the ninth, the 11th hour here as other teams uh, caught on to his skill set. So I think Michigan is poised well to get this um, visit on you know, on the schedule before uh, any other teams were able to, um, because, you know, you look at Illinois, Minnesota, and those are like, okay, it's getting some big 10 offers. Then Michigan comes around. So Michigan at least has that, you know, first of the big boys in the, in uh, the power five to, to really kind of boast that like, yeah, we were the first of the big programs to come around um, and, and forge that connection and, and get him on campus before, you know, some of those other programs. So it's one of those where you want him. Uh, I mean, obviously you want everyone who Michigan's interested in and is visiting to commit as early as possible, but um, you know, right now it's just the big 10, you could conceive you know, big 10 in Cincinnati. Um, but you could really see his recruitment really start to take off. 
if it goes on further, right? He's a guy who I think Michigan, it would be wise to try to get him to commit as much as possible this weekend to, you know, get him a part of the recruiting efforts and get him a part of closing on other guys in the 2022 class, just because I can foresee like a Georgia offer coming in or something else like that, that just absolutely blows it out from not only are you competing against OSU and the Wisconsin's of the world, but now you got the SEC to go against. And I don't think that's a scenario that anyone wants to go in. So, um, you know, in terms of recruitments to watch heading in Northwestern, this is the one to watch because not only are you looking at his recruiting rankings and seeing how high they actually get, but you're seeing, um, you know, what happens after this visit, where else is he going to go and what other offers, you know, if he picks up, what is this like seven, seven offers in nine days i i don't know what's going to happen in the next week but it's probably going to be a lot more than that so so yeah it's gonna be fun to watch and um a guy that uh if there's ever to you know bring out your rabbit foot or roll your dice whatever your good luck charm is (laughs) go for it this weekend because uh beating the brakes off of northwestern you know hopefully that would be enough to uh Convince them that this this offense or this defense, which is already on a good start, can uh, you know continue to do that into uh, the time that he would be on uh, the Wolverine roster. I could not agree with you more that you absolutely have to push for this commitment this weekend with him on campus. Uh, your top ten school in the nation right now uh, with your football team defense is playing really well outside of a few bonehead plays uh, at Nebraska, but. Yeah, you have to. And I know that Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, they they haven't been the type of program to absolutely push for a guy like, hey, you know, we need you to commit. Like, let's go like today. Let's do this right now. Um, but they probably should for him. And he's going to end up blowing up even more, I think, uh, with this Ohio State offer. I think you're probably right. The Georgias of the world. uh the Pac-12 schools, Oregon, I wouldn't be shocked if like those schools, Oregon, USC, UCLA, those kinds of programs came in with an offer as well. So this is just a perfect opportunity for you to lock this in right now. Say, hey, we visited you on our bye week. We've got you up for this game right now. We're playing lights out on defense. We need another guy like you in this class. Why wait a a second longer at that point? Why wait any more time? So yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I think they got to push hard for him this weekend. And uh, if they end up getting him, that is a great get, in my opinion, and probably one of the uh, uh, better gets of the cycle, uh, quite honestly, uh, in this 22 class. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all we got for today. And I, I'm very curious to see what comes out of this weekend uh, with this recruitment. And I'm sure that we'll discuss it next week on Future Brew. But until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And Stephen, where are you at, buddy? At Stephen Toski. Give Maze and Brew a like and follow Twitter, Facebook. You know where we're at. Uh, give us some five-star reviews on all our podcasts. We'd greatly appreciate it. And go give Stephen's work on the YouTube channel a subscription as well. We would greatly appreciate that. For Stephen Ostentoski, I'm Vaughn Lozon. We will come at you next week with more of Future Brew. Go Blue.